You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brianna. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with two guys here from Las Vegas that love cannabis and all the culture that surrounds it. They're a multi-state cannabis brand and media group who we first connected with whenever they came to Oklahoma to uh, launch their brand called Culture and Cannabis. These guys wear many hats and we're stoked to chop it up with them today. So please welcome Tony and JC with Culture and Cannabis to the Cannabis Hangout. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Holla. Hey, Hey guys. (laughs) Thanks so much for taking time out of your day just to, like, be here and chop it up with us. So let's just dive on into the conversation. Tony, we'll start with you. Tell us where your introduction to using cannabis first began. Um, The first time I smoked weed. Well, I guess the first time I ever saw it was probably, like, uh, seven or eight in a movie. And I forget what movie it was. But then growing up, I remember I used to follow Wiz Khalifa very closely, Mm. like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And I remember watching his day-to-days, which was like his like vlog podcast. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And so I was like, I was in it. I was like, yo, black and yellow charger, smoking weed, Taylor gang all day. (laughs) Chuck's, Chuck Taylor's. Like I thought that shit was so cool. And then um, I got my first time to try weed was freshman year of high school at my friend Grayson's house and it was me and this kid named Alec and we smoked it in so Grace I went to like a private school that was like really nice and mm-hmm. Grayson's family was like a massive um contractors and so okay uh do you guys know who Dan Bilzerian is yes yeah. it's Dan Bilzerian's current house this house where I oh, first no way. smoked weed at yeah that's wild and so he had legit legit no like a full-on basketball court but also that converted into an ice hockey rink Wow. And so at his house. Wow. And so we went in there and we smoked weed there and then we went back into his house. And I mean, it was the most magical experience in the sense that like one, the weed was like not bad from like what I remember. (laughs) Like I had a good experience with it. And then two, he has the craziest snack cabinet of all time. Oh, wow. What a treat. (laughs) Like this guy had literally every snack underneath the freaking sun plus every drink that you could ever imagine. Isn't that the best when you like smoke it? Well, not just it being your first experience, but smoking at somebody's house and they're like, you can go into my fridge and like grab whatever and you open your fridge and it's like, holy shit, this is all color coordinated, like (laughs) categorized. No, and it was, it was honestly like, I wish I could like took like, could have taken photos and like, like remember that experience more but just because like his whole room setup was crazy too because he had like this like crazy like video game system he yeah. had a movie theater so it was, Very yeah, it was good first time. top of the line <laughs> yeah nice. i got lucky yeah you did get lucky yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you jc uh the first time i smoked weed yes Jeez, tell us about it God, it was so long ago i don't even know if i can really even remember actually the first time but i know it was like in seventh grade um and I just I think it was just at school, and I think we could just buy quarter bags from friends. I don't really have a a story, you know. I That's think, okay. Yeah, we were just all smoking weed when I was around thirteen. I feel grade, like that was a lot know? of people's like beginning was thirteen. Mine wasn't until I would say my freshman year of college. Yeah. So mine was a little bit later, but everyone's usually like 13, 14, exploring yeah. and doing their thing. I don't remember the actual first joint, which is horrible, right? Isn't that, isn't that sad? Yeah, yeah, that is kind of sad. I'm oh. sorry about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. <laughs> so what is your favorite method of consumption? I like to hit the bong. 
at I, the bar. I, I smoke multiple joints during the day, but like when it's like, you know, when I'm balling out and, you know, there's weed everywhere mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, get the bong out, right? Yeah. Brian loves her bong rips. Yes. yes. Bong. What about you, Tony? Uh, I'm, I smoke joints all day long. I just, that's what I go to. And then I also like vapes a lot too, honestly. Like I, I just like, you know, driving around and having the vape just to stay consistently high throughout the day. I feel that. It's nice. It's a nice convenient. I don't like, I don't enjoy getting high off of the vape for the first time in the day, but it's nice to keep me cruising. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, I feel like the high is just so different when you smoke a cartridge versus like you take a dub or you smoke a joint. It's just, it hits. I used to smoke cigarettes all throughout college. And so, yeah. And so like, this is like, uh, I have like a mouth affixation type of of deal. So like, this is just like easy way for me to do it. And so like, JC makes fun of me, but I smoke a lot of stizzies, which is like a... Yes, I know exactly yes, what you're talking yes, about. Yeah, stizzy. And it's so like, honestly, it's just like a very convenient, easy way. Yes. And like the flavors get on it. And yes. it's like, you know, it's like almost like ripping like a jewel. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. to, to a certain extent, right? It's definitely it's, like the same motion, yeah. the mind, yeah. the brain do you, thing. Do you feel yeah. like cannabis helped you get rid of, or not rid of, but like kick the cigarette habit? <gasps> no. Actually, I also had a really bad Adderall problem at the same time. Okay. And so like I was dating my current girlfriend at when, when I first started dating her, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's more of a long story with the girlfriend. Okay. Right? <laughs> Shout anyways, out to the girlfriend. Right, yeah. So, um, anyways, she had come up and she was like, yo, you got to, like, this is, like, year four of me, like, taking Adderall very uh-huh. consistently. She's like, you got to stop taking Adderall. So I was like, all right. And I cold turkey it, which was, like, a terrible decision. I got, like, super bad withdrawals. Oh, wow. Super yeah. sick. And in that process, I tried to smoke a cigarette and I got super nauseous and oh, threw up. Mm. And then after that withdrawals were over, I sm- tried to smoke again. and It didn't hit the same. And, and well, I threw up again. Oh, so, wow. So, like, I feel like every time, and, like, I've tried to smoke cigarettes here or there now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not like I don't want to get, I definitely don't want to ever get back into it. But, you know, when I'm just, like, drunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you're at yeah. the, a Camel Crush. Yeah. yeah. There, there. That's oh, a yeah. little right? buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, at, you're at a rave or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you be going to raves a lot? I do not be going to raves a lot, but just more like, I guess, music festivals, I guess. But yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. Tony carries the totem. Yeah. Know, at the festival. <laughs> or Tony is the totem, right? So, um, so yeah. Dope. Well, I love to hear that. Well, that you've quit your habits. Yeah. That's good. So let's switch gears. Tell us about culture and cannabis and what you both do with this brand. You want me to go first? Um, JC's the founder of the company. And how did you guys come up with the name? Um, how did we come up with the name? Um, so I, I came up with the name. Um, I was doing client services in 2015. Uh, dispensary came to us and wanted to hire us to do some event marketing services. Um, and I was in charge of kind of creating the concept for the dispensary. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what I was going to call it. And honestly, it was like, for me personally, it was going through this transition that like you just went through. It was like mm-hmm. becoming an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so I was at home a lot and I wasn't working and I was kind of going crazy and I was drinking a lot. And I can just remember this is what it was. It was like I was day drinking and I was like, what am I going to call this event? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it just – I was just like pacing up and down. And it just hit me. And I was like, I'm going to call it Culture and Cannabis. And we'll we'll highlight – um you know, the culture of cannabis and how it transcends through music, people, and art. Yeah. And it just wow. kind of hit me. I don't, and I think, you know, I don't know, maybe God, maybe God just placed it on my heart. Yeah. Was that the, was, that's the hardest thing is when you have a vision is like, how do I have the, how do I find the perfect name for that vision? But when it hits right. you, you know, it's, it hits it's that yeah. for a reason. And I, I yeah. think like for me, like if, if you just let it like kind of like, if you, if you understand that, that it will hit you and over time, right. And not be like try to be in charge of when, when it's going to hit you and just yes. let it hit you. Mm-hmm. You just kind of trust it, right? And it yeah. always does. You yes. just trust the you process. You know what I'm saying? It always does hit. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us what you guys do. What is culture and cannabis? 
Um, yeah, so we're a big media group, right? We lead with mm-hmm. media marketing. Um, we have writers. We have daily articles. We do a um, ton of content. We have a weekly podcast that we've had for about three years. Um, we do event marketing, video marketing, and then we sell a ton of cannabis products. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Y'all are like a many nope. hats. Double threat. Yeah. yeah. So since yeah. you guys are involved in so many diverse things, what, was, what would you say is your favorite part of being in the culture of cannabis? What's your favorite part? Um, the Honestly, the people. Like, I just, like, really love the community aspect of cannabis in general. And, like, you know, like, the, even, like, the relationship that we have with you guys. You yeah. know, I just, like, reached out to you guys on Instagram one day. I was like, hey, we're coming to town a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Meet up with you guys. And you guys just, like, rolled up, like, you know, rolled up heavy. And we, like, smoked weed at the Plaza District. Yeah, like, oh, what's it called? Radio. Topic. Mexican radio. Mexican yes. radio. Yeah. We had a blast yeah. that day. Yeah. And so it's just, like, I just love that vibe because everyone's really like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So friendly. Welcoming. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And really easy to get along with for the most part because the common common denominator is weed which has been such a like touchy subject for so long right yes yeah yeah that's real what about you jc what's my favorite part about like being in cannabis being it's the people right and it's like for me um it's about you know as i get older i the things that i do um you know it's about how does that create happiness for me and peace in my life right and so like before i've been successful in different um industries and like selling alcohol Mm -hmm. and or like selling just different things in general Mm -hmm. that didn't impact the consumer that i was selling it to in a positive way right Mm -hmm. and so when i got into um had the opportunity right to um you know give my time talent resources to the cannabis industry I understood. I, I started to see how the the products were impacting the people. Yes, and it was like impacting them in a positive way. And because of that, it was directly impacting my fulfill, fulfillment level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was rewarding. and I was just like, oh, this is just incredible. Yeah, it's. I will yeah. say, there's something special about that too. Even the feedback we'll get from people based on you know products we post about or little like tips and tricks. People are always so grateful, and I feel like it keeps me grounded because I'm like, holy shit, like I'm doing something that helps people and yeah. that fills my cup, but also like. It's just cool to see, and we've connected with so many cool people through it yeah. that, like, enlighten us and teach us and empower us in so many different ways that it's cool to be a part of a community that constantly challenges you, but in, yeah. like, the best way. Yes. I, I used to be a part of the DJ community yeah, a lot okay. for many, many years, and it was a big passion of mine to be, like, in, in house music, and that's what I thought I wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how I became an event marketer, um, and I, I just, it was my passion. I wanted to be on big stages and have the biggest raves and create the biggest DJ experiences and all that stuff. And I thought that was going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. And over time, I could see that the people coming to the raves and stuff were doing, you know, sometimes we're doing a little bit too much drugs and participating Mm -hmm. in things that were, yeah, we're partying and having a good time, but it was just kind of like the road, right? The path was, it wasn't ending well. You know what I mean? Right. It gets old after so long. It does, right? And it's like with the cannabis, the the path that you can take in the cannabis is just so much more fulfilling and and the opportunity to Mm -hmm. to be able to do it for a long time. I just love that part. Absolutely. It's exciting and there's always something new. You're always learning. You're always growing and evolving like within the industry, I feel like, you know. Especially because we're still so young, really. I mean, like prohibition happened and nothing's been touched or even researched really in so many years and now – that people are getting back into research and like all the different things, even Delta not or Delta eight becoming such a huge thing now. And everyone's like, Oh, it's Delta, you know, like it's crazy where our community still has yet to go. I mean, I feel like we haven't even made, we've made strides, but I feel like we have so many strides left to make. Right. I was just going to say that me, JC and Chuck now have a new formerly DJ group. 
We're going to be touring the country here pretty soon. We just, we, just did our, we just did our first gig in Las Vegas at this yeah. event. Oh, we were great, honestly. All right, sign me up. Yeah. Are I don't, we, don't have, we don't have a name yet for the group. I'm dead serious. Like, okay. we, we got paid to do this event, too. Oh, dope. Yeah. Really? And I, I, your boy got on the mic, my first time ever on the mic. And, you of know, course JC, you got on the mic, JC, JC walked me through it. It was all good. But we haven't figured out a name yet. It's but all good. It's definitely going to be a fun fun, uh, fun thing. Oh, We're definitely yeah. going to do one out here for sure. It was, that it was a good time. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's super dope. Yeah. Y'all be wearing all the hats. It's I cool. know. So <laughs> with you guys being so back and forth from Oklahoma City and Vegas more than often now, um, how do you guys see the cultures between the two cities? Is it vastly different? Are there any similarities? Um, I would say that, like, uh, it's just, like, a different stage <laughs> of the community. So, like, Oklahoma is so, um, even though it's, like, going into its third year of being medical, yeah. it's still so new compared to, like, where Las Vegas is at. Right. So, um when I first came out here in August and then it was like, I could see like, like earlier medical days in Vegas. And then the second time we came out here in October and November of 2020, it was like, Oh, this is like wreck, like right when wreck popped in Las Vegas, like yes. the vibe. And it's like continuing to go until like today, right? Like these big parties and like, mm-hmm. um, all these brands pop- popping up and like all these like crazy things that are happening, like happened all in Las Vegas, like at mm-hmm. the beginning, but they all start to fizzle out over time. Yeah. Cause it becomes just like a regular commodity right. product. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah. you know, people aren't pumped up when they go buy Bud Light at the gas station. Yeah. <laughs> and so the like, events here though are like, you're way more excited and they're popping because mm-hmm. like when you do have them here, they're more special. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. It's and, not just like a mainstream thing to us here. It's yes. like, yeah. oh, who's hosting it? That's dope. Yeah. yeah. And then I think it's because corporate cannabis isn't really much of a thing in Oklahoma quite yet. It hasn't really touched down No, yet. and yes. which I think 100. the people have kind of protected that because anytime we talk to people about like out-of-state brands or whatever, it's always like, no, la, la, la. it's like <clears throat> more, I don't want to say hate, but like. What's passion a, to protect. Yes, yeah, the protection, right? Passion yeah. to and protect. And that's something you yeah. have to, you know, respect and admire about, 100%. you know, any local town because that's what you would want from your local place yeah. where you grew up. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, you guys did it, it right, though, coming in with, with love and ease yeah. and, yeah. like, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, we had seen, we see, and it still happens to this day, that California brands come to Nevada, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they think that, you know, they're bigger and better and that they've been around longer. And, right. Um, and, and but what makes the cultures different is the people, right? And the, the products that are made in, sure. in that place, right? And what you guys are protecting mm-hmm. is what makes you guys different, right? Yeah. And the, so for somebody to come in and try to shove their culture down yes. your throat, it's like it's never received well. No, it's like religion, I mean, yeah, yeah it, in certain aspects too. You know what yeah. I mean? Sure and yeah. there have been a couple out of town brands we won't name names that have come in and tried to infiltrate, and literally after a week of their big opening, they who nobody even pays them any mind now right. and. When you drive by their dispensaries or like, you know, look at their products, it's like they get overlooked because there's locals that are so much better or, yeah, or yeah. out of state brands that have come in that are more respectful or planting mm-hmm. a seed. Yes, yeah. they're planting seeds versus just like, hey, here's let me just shove this down your throat because yeah. it's the best and, of the and, best. And Tony, Tony and I realize that it's about the people, you know, and yes. it's about um, the timeline that he's talking about, like the time capsule of when a state goes legal mm-hmm. to medical to recreational, it's kind of like this, this phase that mm-hmm. happens for, for everyone. But, um, you know, I, I think I smoked too much weed. And I was talking <laughs> no, about- <laughs> I, but I, I want to go off that point because like Oklahoma is at this point where like 
like I said, 2017 recreational cannabis in Las Vegas, everyone's super pumped. Like Mm -hmm. it's a, um, if you talk to anybody that was there, like me or JC and like uh, we've talked to have people on the podcast who were close friends of ours at that time who are are either like moved on or moved, moved up. And they talk about how magical that time was. Cause it was just so exciting. Everything was so new. And so like Oklahoma is going to stay in that stint. I see for a very long time, just because of how, um, open the laws are here yes. with me- the medical. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a it's medical, but it's treated recreational. Yes, mm-hmm. which I which I really appreciate for any market, right? Like you know, I think Oklahoma did it correctly mm-hmm. in the sense of like allowing everybody be- to be able to become a business owner in this industry. Yeah, and so that right. creates a lot of excitement because when you're just a bartender or an employee, mm-hmm. it doesn't you don't have that same passion. That's yeah, true. you're a part of something bigger that's yeah. making a different and change and it's like it's history, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you're, when you're a part of that and you're a part yeah. of all the movement happening, mm-hmm. it's way more like oh yeah. Cause I mean you hear about states like Arkansas, which I mean I've heard from a patient whose son had a dispensary there because they only have a handful, but it's medically legal there. And supposedly you have to show like half a million dollar worth of funds before they even look at you. And I'm like, it's cool Yes, there is so much infiltration in Oklahoma. Don't get it twisted. And yes, that can be very frustrating at times. But it's cool that like the little guy gets an an opportunity too. And like they get to shine. I mean, a lot of the local farmers that I used to buy bud from, like it would be cool to hear their stories. They were moms and dads, grandpas and grandpas. They grew up with this stuff. Like they knew what was up. And it's cool to see that they're the ones who are handling the medicine now. And they get that opportunity too. Because otherwise, like in a lot of other states, they would never even that thought wouldn't even cross their mind because it's so it's an unimaginable question right all right you know we're into terpenes which is why we're jamming with nevada's terpene rich naturally flavored cannabis oil vaporizers that allow you to curate your high with their body mind series six experiences that range from full mind to full body so but tell our listeners about the flavors so each experience has a supporting flavor profile like strawberry tangerine Tropical, lime, blueberry, and wild grape. The strawberry one is my favorite right now, and it's good for being creative and working and helps me focus. And the wild grape is awesome for sleep and relief for me personally. Whether you're a seasoned smoker or someone new, everyone should be able to enjoy the full spectrum of wellness, mindfulness, and fun that cannabis can bring to life. Nevada will be available in the Oklahoma market on September 3rd, and stay tuned for dispensary drops. Now, let's get to today's episode. And I would say that that changes the quality of the industry. It's like who owns the industry. It changes the quality of that industry. So like in Nevada, there is a select few of people who I like respect. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is a bunch of fucking assholes for yeah. the most part, right? Yeah. They're like very ultra wealthy or they're corporations. So like there's no like real ownership of anything. Right. Yes. Like we work with people who are just like straight up employees of like multi-million dollar corporations. Mm-hmm. Like the same way you would work with like a Macy's or like mm-hmm. um, a Budweiser or any big retail operation. So like there's no true buy-in with those types yeah. of like big corporations, whereas when we go meet the owners of this, you know, of a growth facility where they like took their 401k and they said, yo, let's yeah. YOLO, let's send it. Like mm-hmm. that shit's like, you know, that shit's impactful and like passionate yeah. to me. Right. Yeah. And it makes right. me want to go harder for them. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah risk it all. And yeah. just to be able to have a piece of something. Yeah. When you're just like trying to impress your shareholders, like no one cares about that. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. No. So, no. so, yeah. So we all usually, when we think of the strip, or when we think of Vegas, the Strip is what usually what comes to mind. What's the cannabis lifestyle like purchasing on the Strip versus a local dispensary that's not anywhere near the Strip in Vegas? Do you want me to go? Uh, I mean, we could. Yeah. I, I would say, I would also say, like, Nevada cannabis is, like, uh, 
Las Vegas is a big portion of it, but there is a lot of like other communities that have mm-hmm. benefited like a ton from cannabis. But I'll let Jason talk about Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I think when people there's that meme on Instagram when you know people think about Nevada and they think about the Strip, mm-hmm. right? But then there's the bottom part of the picture where it's just like concrete houses and they all look the same. Yeah. <laughs> That's the rest of Nevada. But I mean, really, there's no dispensaries literally on the strip, right? Yeah. There's the where and they they set it up that way, I think, with some of the laws. You have one that's really close and it's on Las Vegas Boulevard. And but that's it's, Planet 13, right? Nope. No. That's, it's actually the cookies. It's oh, a co- okay. cookies just bought it. It was the source. Gotcha. Okay. Um, which is a big, it was essence. Essence, excuse me. Big chain, but cookies bought it. And that's on Las Vegas Boulevard, but mm-hmm. it's it's almost it's not really considered this strip. Okay, got and it. And then you have one other store that's just on Las Vegas Boulevard, but a little bit closer to downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not on the strip either. Yeah. Um, but, and then you have like Planet 13 and then Reef, and they're kind of like in that area. So yeah. the prices are more, the lines are longer. Um, mm. And that's ma- mainly it. You don't get your, like your friendly bud tenders, but you do have some people, right, that live in Vegas, some more of the, like the transient uh, mm-hmm. people that will live close to the Strip and they'll go to like Planet 13 every yeah. day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of people that live in Vegas for like one or two years yeah. or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, with, with what, are the, what are the dispensaries like off the Strip? I, I would say it's just like um, it depends on what dispensary you go to because like there is a lot of corporate cannabis spots so like essence for example is a big is a big group there um uh they have seven dispensaries in nevada alone and so like those stores are more corporate yeah Yeah. so those that like those are like straight up apple stores like you know like that many locations i would expect it yeah like it's it's, it's super nice like very clean very friendly staff but then you have like places like vegas treehouse which is owned by a local person and it's just one dispensary and so like that experience is way different because it's you know the, you could you know when the butt tender knows the owner it's a different experience yes, than right. when it's the butt tender that doesn't you know just has a manager who has a manager who has a manager right um, so that's interesting but then you know you get outside of Las Vegas and it's not like you know um, the biggest thing is the tribal like we have a lot of tri- um, uh, native land mm-hmm. in Nevada and so a lot of these tribes were like super poor mm-hmm. and so cannabis came and that like you know completely changed these communities like for wow. the best like. Um, there's a bunch of communities that have like completely redone their schools and like wow. education's gone through the roof because of cannabis. And then you That's have places, amazing. Yeah. And then, um, and the other big, the second biggest market in Nevada is Reno, Nevada, okay. which is where like, uh, I went to college up there. I was born and raised in Las Vegas, but I went to college in Reno and like I rep Nevada as in, as a whole. But and those I, stores are definitely different from the strip and definitely different from the other stores mm-hmm. in Nevada. Reno is like its own like cultural feel. Yeah. Cause That's like cool. Reno is like a small town feel. So like, it's like, like everyone knows everybody. And so like the people that work at those dispensaries are local people. That's and, cool. and so it's like, you know, a lot of, some of those stores are co- corporate owned, but the stores that are corporate owned or corporate ran mm-hmm. don't do as well as the local stores in Reno. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I like to hear that. Yeah. We, you know, keep it local always. So yeah. yeah. It's cool that Nevada has that opportunity for the little man to do that, you know, because there's a lot of money in cannabis, and we know the people writing the laws obviously care about the money more than they do anything else, and so it's cool that they are giving the little guy a piece. It's not really little guys. It's not the little guys. I I wouldn't wouldn't go that far. Like, these are families that have had money for many years, but but have been, but, like, care about... They, you know, they care yes. about Reno yes, a lot yes. more and than these not, corporations. And they're not yeah. multi-state operators. They, they, right. yeah. um, they're just, they're just folks, they, but they're all, like, big-time millionaires. Oh, okay, so. got it. Like, well, they still have a lot wealthy, of... Yeah. Really wealthy. Yeah. But, like, uh, there's a group that we work with very closely, Mojave, in Las Vegas. They have a dispensary, Greenleaf. I, we love that family. They're the yes. Dukes. They're, it's a, a, a mom and a father, the two kids, and then their grandchildren that all run it. Wow. And so it's, like, a super tight-knit deal. And, I like, love that. We've, we, we've been blessed that, like, to, like, be 
yes. led into mm-hmm. their group to help them with their marketing. So, um, like groups like that, it's like who I like yeah. really care about when the vet. I want to make sure those people are winning. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's cool that it's cool when people keep it in the family and make sure. Like, I mean, I don't know. There's mm-hmm. just it's hard to work with your family, so yeah. it's cool when people can keep it in the family and be super like for sure cohesive and professional and yeah. caring. Yeah. So we know with cannabis, cannabis can go hand in hand with many different genres and ways of life. What would you say comes with the culture of cannabis, like the culture itself? I mean, I. I've always said that, you know, that's what our events were about at the beginning, right? And so we would like to highlight the culture of cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. And we did it, you know, we, we, I've seen how the, the culture transcends through the plant, right? Into mm-hmm. people, into art, into music. Yeah. Um, and so I think those are just the main, the main things. But I mean, the, um, the one that, that nobody really talks about a lot of times when they talk about the culture is just the, the medical culture of it, right? And it's a huge, part of it you know yeah, um, yeah medical alone yeah, yeah. what go ahead i was just gonna say i mean i was going completely the opposite i was thinking like the food culture yep. in yeah go with it yeah right? I, just, I just feel like those two um i just love how synonymous those two groups are mm-hmm. and like the like quote-unquote foodie culture and like the cannabis connoisseur culture is like very overlapping yes because like the person right. that will spend sixty dollars on an eighth is the same person that's willing to spend like a hundred dollars on a nice dinner. That's yeah. Real. You're yeah. looking at two of them right in front of you. Uh, <laughs> same dog. <laughs> and I wish and I wish I was cheap for what I was saying. Like actually, you know, it's more expensive than that usually. But yeah, I just love the the crossover, and I think over time, like the foodie culture and the cannabis culture is going to become way more tight knit. It's an experience. I mean, really, when you go eat food, it's an experience. Like, Brandon and I have recently started brunching, and it's cool because we try new spots that we don't go to, and everything offers something so different, just like dispensaries, just yeah, like yeah. Bud. So you're right. It is cool how they overlap like that. What's the What's the best brunch in Oklahoma City? I don't know. We're still exploring. I don't... Like, what What if you like? You don't have to give me a best. But like, Honestly, I would go check out... Um, I've had brunch there before, not with Brandon, but uh, Cafe or Cafe Cacao, they're mm. like, I think it's Brazilian food and it's literally but like one of the, rated one of the top in the country. Usually you go, there's not, you can't make reservations and the line is a minimum of two hours. What was the place we went to? The Cafe Antigua, Antigua. which they're very similar. That's a Brazilian place too and there's usually a long wait, there. wait for that but their food was super bomb too. Mm-hmm. So. I would try one of those two places because you guys seem like you like a lot of like ethnic food. Yeah, well, I, I just like it all. I just yeah. like food in general. <laughs> I just think it's, a, it's such an art form. It is. It, it really is. It's a form of expression. Like it, you can really tell what somebody's expressing through their food if you pay attention. 100%. Yeah. Do you guys like to watch Bong Appetit? Uh, I, I have watched it in the past. In but the past, yeah, me too. Yeah, I just like the more traditional foodie stores because they, mm-hmm. like um, they get way more down on like the food yeah. rather than like, mm-hmm. um, the, like the cannabis portion of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah. So regarding the medicinal side of cannabis, what would y'all say is the coolest thing that you have seen the plant do for somebody else? We, I mean, we had, we had Landon... Um, he, he, I think, I believe he is the youngest uh, medical marijuana patient in the world. We had him on the podcast. A, I actually a, did a couple, see that a couple yes. months ago, and so he he's a little boy that had um, uh, what kind of? I think he had. Um, I could be wrong, but I think it was well. I don't know. It was some kind of cancer, mm-hmm. and they were giving him um, the chemo and the radiation, and they basically. Um, put him on hospice, right, when he was, like, eight. And his mom, you know, you could just imagine being his mom, yeah. right? And she's a single mom, and she just was just, like, at her wit's end with the, um, 
you know, the way that the traditional uh, medicine was pushing her and basically right. just telling her the son was going to die, right? Yeah. And so she was able to kind of discover, you know, um, hemp-derived um, cannabis oil, extract um, RSO, I think it was. I'm not sure what kind it was, but it was the, uh, what, what do you call it? The um, RSO sounds like it could have been something. Yeah, yeah it was RSO, something like yeah. something like the RSO. But yeah, but I mean, it, it cured him, right? And it's been eight years, right? right. And so it's, it's that, it's, you know... Er, I think a lot of times people, you know, oh, it's another cannabis cancer story, but this one was pretty freaking special, right? It's yeah. like the youngest kid, um, you know, so young and be able to, you know, be alive today in remission. I mean, it's pretty powerful. That is, it's I love powerful. that. Yeah, that's it's beautiful. so cool that a plant can do that. And let me people. just give you one more, right? And yeah. so, like, she came, I, I cannot remember. Landon's mom's name, and it's, it's, you know, I smoke too much weed, right? It's okay, it'd be like that. I'm bad with names. Like, too. I was, and I was out of town for this podcast, or I would know all this information. <laughs> um, so, but like, okay, so we had champs in Vegas. It's a big show, and there was another mother that had a similar story, and her mm-hmm. son was in remission, and um, they they were able to connect and kind of like share recipes and stuff like that, but they had never met, right? And then they had like this moment at the champs trade show on the floor when. Like, they got to meet for the first time, and it was just, like, all emotional about how, like, you know, the moms, you know, cured their kids with cannabis. That's beautiful, and it's cool that they found each other within the community. And we know a lot of moms that – autism, for example, is we we know a couple moms who have autistic children, and they've connected through the community from our podcast, which is really cool because they'd never met in real life until they did meet in real life and they hit it off, but it's cool that – you can connect with people so deep and so raw in this community yeah. and never meet them for years or ever, but you still are, like, so tight-knit. It's yeah. so dope. There's yeah. no other community like it, I feel like. Yeah. 100%. It's a special one. It really is. So you guys are big creatives with all that you do, and you're constantly doing. What keeps you motivated and inspired? I know sometimes that we get into lulls as creatives, so how do you get past that? I think for me, it's just, like, always remembering, like, why I'm doing it. And, like, you know, from a very young age, a goal of mine is to, like, I just always, like, have cared about, like, my, my I have really good parents. And they've, you know, have always, like, done a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's, like, I just always think about them when I'm, like, like tired. Because I was, like, at one point, they were tired. And they said, well, I can't be tired because I yeah. have to, like, make sure, like, yeah. you're okay. And so, like, for me, it's always been a goal of mine. It's, like, I want to make my parents independently, like, rich, like, wealthy. Yes. Like, millionaires. And so, um, that's, like, you know, that's what keeps me going. I love that. I yeah. can relate on a deep level. That's good. Yeah. What about you, yeah. JC? Um, how do I, how do I keep going? Um, you, you know, I thought, I thought I had the answer, and now, now it's left me already. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's totally I mean, like, because okay. I don't, I don't really lose, lose inspiration, right? I don't, I don't, I don't and, and JC I, stays inspired. That's I, really, that's good. No, that's really good. And some, I, I figured one of you two might. I think it's like just that. like creative block is more okay. yeah, the key word. Okay, but, yeah. it, came, it came back to me now. It came back to me. Yes, Sorry, I know that this is me a lot. Go ahead, it's Brandon all the time. Um, I, I believe that we're here to create. It, it is our purpose, right? And and for that reason, that um, that the universe and everything around us is working for us, right? Yes. And so when we are creating. Um, we're kind of participating in our highest form that we can here, and it creates the most fulfillment in our lives to create, right? And so for that for that reason, it's like I'm I'm grateful to be able to create. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just it's it's never I never have to really get motivated because the things that I do create, I choose um, to create in a space that does give me fulfillment, 
right? And, yes. and so for those reasons, I never get kind of like tired or worn out. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's a great answer. We strive to do that. Yeah. Yeah. To answer the, actually the original question though, like to like get out of like um, creative like block. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, you know, me and JC, part, you know, partake in psilocybin. Okay. Amount, and so we, nice. I do that uh, if I can't, or just like honestly getting as high as possible and then turning on like some type of content that gets me wanting to be creative. That's, yes. I, it, yeah. I definitely resonate with that. Yeah. Okay. I love The Office. Like, I love The oh Office. Oh, my gosh. And it's Let's my, be best friends. It's, my go, it's just Dude, my, go, it's my go-to to, like, be creative just because that oh. show is, like, so amazing. And, yes. like, I, you know, over time you, you start learning more and more on, like, how many of the actors were the writers. And it's because they got to see that perspective so well from acting so many years. Like, oh, this episode will work. Let me write yeah. this episode. And they yeah. did. Which, so I, yes. I just think it's so dope because, like, every episode is completely different. Yes, yes. I I have to agree. I'm, I love The Office. I watch it every single day. You guys are bonding over this <laughs> right now. And <laughs> so I'm, I love it. I'm the other one who's like, I don't care about The Office. Brandon, it's like, not does not need get the humor behind The Office. I'm sorry. One day, okay. it, see, I, that was like me for a long time, but then one day it just clicked. And I, I was it'll like, never shit. This me. is so fucking funny. Yeah. It'll never click. I, I, um, I started with Parks and Rec because it's, it's similar writers and similar producers. And Parks and Rec is like, the way I like to describe mm-hmm. it, like Parks and Rec with uh, Amy Poehler, it's positive comedy and Office is negative comedy. See, I never got into Parks and Rec. I really tried, but it just, it didn't hit like the, the office did. Uh, I, I, Andy Dwyer and April Ludgate, which is uh, uh, at Aubrey Plaza and uh, what's, not Chris Hemsworth. What's the guy that plays um, in Jurassic Park, the new Jurassic Park? I have no idea. Chris Pratt. Oh, uh, yeah. Those okay, Chris two, Pratt's pretty funny. But like out of the both, like those are my two favorite characters of all time. Love that. They're hilarious. Well, well, gone about this all day. Anyway, oh, man, I love when people get into like their favorite TV shows or characters, and you just like watch them go. <laughs> That's what I was just doing with Sally. I know, I love it. I actually hate TV. Jason doesn't participate in TV. Like, I, to, to, I had to put on the schedule for tomorrow. I'm a big. I like football. I just love football in general. I love he loves football, guys. I love the season. Are you in a fantasy league? Massive. Yeah, I'm, uh, in, I'm in three right now. Wow, you and Nick would get along. Nick Such is in a, a fantasy dude. league, and literally from sun up he's like okay you can't talk to me from two to three because that's when all the fantasy stuff drops and then from three to four i'm doing and i'm more serious i'm like oh my god you suck. <laughs> okay weirdo that sounds great i had to put it in the schedule that like we have to go watch the buffalo bills game um, oh, so while funny. we're here and he scheduled one meeting at the beginning of the game which i'm not super pumped about but <laughs> the disrespect we'll, we'll, we'll get it done we'll get it done you'll be okay <laughs> it'll be rewarding i'll just be watching it on my phone at the meeting that's all right guys don't mind me just <laughs> yeah oh man okay so to flip the script a little bit you guys are also in the podcast space what has that been like for you guys especially with culture and cannabis because there's so much you can get into with that how long have you guys been doing that podcast and where can people find that um you want to go well so what's so crazy is that me and jc met through podcasting really that's like our relationship bonded so uh, a quick quick story is that i was um, working with an awesome company out of reno nevada named harmonia cbd um the owner brandon really good friend of ours um, I was helping with them, and so he was doing. He was the director of marketing for a dispensary group called New Leaf, that had a dispensary in Las Vegas, and the one in Lake Tahoe, the only one in the, on the Nevada side on Lake Tahoe. And so, at that time, I, I don't like to my home, but at that time, I was doing a lot of cannabis stuff. And I was kind of the only person doing cannabis stuff. So, like when people came to Reno, they would hit me up, like, mm-hmm. "Hey." We're doing this. Like, would you mind coming out? Whatever. You were the man. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyways. <laughs> Casual. <laughs> anyways. Check mark. Yep. <laughs> JC had had, like, you know, JC had people working for him, like, DMing people. Like, hey, you know, JC understood, like, the influencer marketing. So he would invite mm. people to come up, give them free weed, post about them. Free, Great free duo. Food. And so they had been inviting me up for, like, 
months and I just kept on saying like I'm not fucking gonna go up there like why would I go up there to go see all the same brands that I see right. anyways Brandon like forced me to go with him he's like dude you have to come meet this guy JC Coates he's like you know you guys are gonna get along great whatever he's also the man yeah, also <laughs> also the man and then like he sends me his Instagram account I look at this fucking guy so I'm like oh my god another Las Vegas promoter fucking <laughs> wearing leather jackets and throwing parties in downtown Las Vegas <laughs> and then I met him and he was rocking the Gary V Dustin Cloud <laughs> I can get I can get behind this guy wow and then he was just kind of like pacing around and at that time I didn't realize that JC was just constantly drunk so like <laughs> so like I didn't recognize that like that was like why he was acting the way he was and then they're like all right you guys want to hop in the podcast I'm like all right cool and so we go into the room and that's right and, and then I met Chuck because Chuck was doing the, okay. the podcast set up for him and he does the camera whatever and so it was me Brandon and our friend Derek and then JC and me and JC just dominated the podcast together. And that's then, like, awesome. from there, like, kind of sat. And that was almost four or five years ago now. Wow. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of how it started. And so he he had started the it was called New Leaf Live, and he would do it every week in a different city, one in Las Vegas, one in Tahoe. That's cool. And he would drive up every other week wow, to Tahoe, nice. like com, like cr- like a crazy man, honestly. Like, <laughs> I am crazy. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> and he would just drag his uh, now wife and Chuck with him every wow. single Amazing. time. Um, shout out to Lilani. Yeah, shout out to Lilani. It was a six hour drive. Yeah, like every two weeks. Plus every, hard. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so yeah, and so like, um, I just like was consistent about like making sure that I was in town or like going to town to make sure I was on New Leaf Live and like never miss JC. And so like I, I became like a resident guest almost. Like I was on it a lot for, you know, the amount of people. That's that cool hit. though. Yeah. That and, really so, cool. and so through that, JC was like, yo, we should just like start our own podcast. I remember when you grabbed it, you're like, hey, yeah. we're going to start our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he grabbed you. He's <laughs> like, this is what we're doing. We're going to start it. We're going to do it at Chuck's house. It's going to be great. And so um, we just started doing it. And so that was almost three years ago now. And it's just evolved throughout time and um, kind of going back on like sometimes the podcast gets a backseat, which is unfortunate because mm-hmm. like you have other things that are going on. And so, like we are a small team, but it, we just have, have been consistent about at least doing it every month. Oh, yes. We asked more because I saw it like on your website and like how you guys had stuff like that on yeah, there. It's really cool. to watch with uh, people you've interviewed yeah. and stuff. So I didn't know how often y'all did it or. Yeah. And we've been doing it weekly f- for essentially three years now and so it's been it's been pretty crazy honestly like um the people that we've met and got talked to we had some repeat guests and it was crazy because like our first three guests were like really big hitters Mm -hmm. you know who david tran is he was the founder of dope magazine at the at the time i was like yo this is fucking crazy that we're getting him on the podcast and it was cool because like it garnished a lot of viewership Mm. right off the bat Uh and then we um did an interview with like the director of uh, marketing for planet 13 stuff like that and Mm -hmm. so we just like we're like very um intentional about who you're bringing onto the podcast yeah that's i feel like that's important that that's something brain and i when we started this we were like we have to be intentional because the people listening, we want them to be able to get something out of it every single episode and not just like, oh, here's another person smoking weed, you know, like what ignites this person? What What's their passion? What, you know, how has cannabis helped them or changed their lives or affects them so directly or they affect the community so directly? So I we can definitely relate on that. And I would say one thing that I think has definitely set us apart is that JC's always like um, made a very importance on like people seeing us. Mm-hmm. So like video is a must when yes. we do our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, I think for other people, it's not as big of a deal, but for us, I think for like what we're trying to do, like yes. people seeing us yeah. and like mm-hmm. becoming comfortable who like what we look like and seeing us on video and then on Instagram mm-hmm. or on YouTube or on a foodie show, whatever it may be. 
they become more comfortable with who we are as people and they yeah. tr- start trusting us more. Yeah. yeah. It breaks barriers when you see people talk. And Brandon says that all the time. Sure. She's like, Saba, you need to put your phone or your face in front of the camera more because people like who they can, you know, see and trust. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, I feel like with our podcast, we bring such a complete, like, one week can be completely different than the next week, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, there's you know, there's times where we have people that are just like um, that own brands, and then we have Landon and his mom that come on, mm-hmm. and then we have you know you got like you know people like you guys that come on or like dispensary owners, yes. and from all over the country, which has been it's even very crazy. diverse. Yeah, yeah I love a cool. good like variety. Yeah. Like it gives yeah. good like rich soil content. perspective. Yeah, yeah, because if you I mean yeah. if you go on our YouTube, you can definitely find what you're looking for when it comes to cannabis. Love that. Yeah, holla. So, what can the Oklahoma market expect from culture and cannabis in the future? Well, we brought we brought you guys something that's definitely gonna be coming out here pretty soon. Ooh, tell us, so tell this us is, about this it. This is the hustler. This is um, a product that's kind of like based on JC story, and so the idea behind it is that the gold. What's the gold represent, JC? The greatness that's inside of you. The greatness that's inside. Oh, of you. And so um, that it's a twenty-four karat um, uh, pressed, a hemp pressed. Uh, cone. Wow. And we do 75% flour and 25% crumble in here, so it's infused. Amazing. Um, mm. And they're just, like, really fun to smoke, and they smoke really well. Um, and wow. the, it's called the Hustler after JC, because JC is the Hustler. Love that. Heck yeah. I, I, a little bit of hustle. Yeah. A little bit of hustle. Shout out yeah. to the man. <laughs> and so, we, you know, we created a bunch of cool, like, um, motivational content that of, like, JC, like, working out and, like, being working mm. and yeah. all this stuff, and then doing, like, some more black and white with, like, the gold popping off so it's just been a lot of fun um these these got dropped what what was the date uh um, i think like, like late june early july yeah it was about five weeks ago oh, yeah cool. about, wow yeah like, all, the- all the products that we make like you know we we want to do the content around it and it's our ambition to um you know impact our community with positivity yeah, right of and so you can see a lot of that out here and so yeah. um all the all the products that we have we have um a bunch of SKUs and we've only released a couple out here and mm-hmm. so each time we do it we're going to release you know a bunch of content around it that hopefully can impact the the, pe- the people and the patients here in Oklahoma in a, in a positive way right we're going to bring our mm-hmm. events out here you can see more content out here Amazing. um and you can just see me and full time Tony out here a lot more <laughs> <laughs> at full time Tony uh, at full time Tony <laughs> Well, guys, I think this wraps up today's episode. Do you guys have anything you want to say before we hop off here for Just today? Just thank you guys so much for having us on the podcast. Yeah. Um, you guys are definitely leaders in this community as, and, you know, as people that travel around the world, uh, not around the world, around the country, you know, in different cannabis communities, you guys are definitely like top notch. So hey, thank, thank you. Thank you guys thank for like you. the impact that you guys make. Really appreciate oh, that. Thanks, I appreciate yeah. you guys. Thanks for thank being you. here. Thank we you. appreciate you guys. For everyone listening, go give these guys a follow at Full time Tony. For the second time. <laughs> or third. And at JC period Coats. And then at Culture and Cannabis. They always have something brewing and some great content. So you guys can check that out there. And thank you guys again for being with us today and taking the time to be here with us and spreading your love for us and with us. Thank you to our listeners. And as always, Bran, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.